Welcome to the Coaching for Pastors podcast, episode eight. Hey pastors, this is the Coaching for Pastors podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and my voice is a little rough tonight. It's a little rough, but you know what? Hey, it's been a year. It has been a year and just a few days since the last episode. Now, when I was involved in podcasting years ago, when I first learned, started learning about it, I heard that so many <clears throat> podcasts, wow, my throat really is rough tonight, so many podcasts did what they called a pod fade. They would generally go, on average, about seven episodes, and then they would just fade out. You wouldn't hear from them again. And I noticed when I started looking on uh, our list here, why, I've had seven episodes, and I faded. I never thought I'd ever pod fade, but I did that a year ago in February of 21. Now, if you know me, if you've listened to my other podcast before, the 200 Churches podcast, uh, we went six and a half years and never missed a week. Uh, We just uh, recognized nine years since we started it this past month. We started in January of 2013. But I started the Coaching for Pastors podcast. It's something that I'd wanted to do for a long time. And I started it at such a bad time, right in the thick of COVID, right after the the election of 2020. Uh, In fact, it was just before the election of 2020. Well, no wonder I faded. Uh, just, just during the during the just the national consternation that all of us experienced from the uh, from the recession, the just the 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 economy tanking, and the the racial uh, tensions in the country, which are still there, but they're just not on the news every every day. Just all that stuff, and I think it was just not a good time. And 2021 was, honestly, it was rougher for me than 2020 was. So Johnny and I took a break from my uh, my partner on the 200 Churches podcast. We took a break from that. So anyway, it's been, it's been a year. But we just started up again the 200 Churches podcast in January uh, of 22. And uh, we've gotten, I think, four or five episodes in, and it's been so, so good to be back behind the microphone because I grow. I grow when I talk to smart people, all right? When I talk to smart people who have a vision and a passion and they're inspiring, I grow. And then then I get to put that together and share that with other pastors and my heart grows larger when I do that. So this Coaching for Pastors podcast, I'm attempting to um, uh, fade back in all right, fade back in uh, to this podcast, and I want to talk to you tonight with a hoarse voice. I, I've had, I've been sick for the past week. Nothing that stopped me, but just the head cold and whatnot. Tonight was the Super Bowl. Uh, I watched it in the background while I was doing other things here in my home office, and the Los Angeles Rams eked out a victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. And I thought, man. It is time to restart this thing. It is time to put an episode out. Not a long episode, but just a, hey, hey, I'm back, and and just keep an eye on this space in the future. There's a few things. I've got it in my, uh, in my mind and in my soul to talk to you about tonight. You know, as pastors uh, in the current day, 
The truth is, the truth is, we have no idea what's going on. That's the truth. And anybody that wants to tell you they do is lying, okay? They're just lying. And we can't be lying as pastors. I've been a pastor for 35 years. We're just in a spot in our world right now and in our country and in our Christian culture that we've not been in before. And the truth is, everything has changed so fast and so cataclysmically in the last 10 years. I mean, I thought things were changing at the turn of the century, (laughs) 20 years ago. I thought things were changing in the early single digits, the 2000s. But man, oh man, in the last 10, 15 years, things have changed. The truth is, Pastor, we don't have a clue sometimes what's coming right around the corner at us. We don't know what's coming down the pike. It's about ready to smack us right in the face. So if there were ever a time when a pastor has to live by faith, right? By faith, not by sight. It is right now. So I got a question for you. Did God, did God really call you into ministry? If he did, when did he do that? When did you know that God called you? And that's, it's a very subjective question. It's a subjective experience. Some of us older pastors, we, you know, we, we use that term. That, that, that we've received a call from God on our lives to serve as a pastor. And I wonder, did God call you? Or are you doing something that somebody else wanted you to do? And the difficulties of these past two years has really just ground you down. And you're wondering, should I be in the ministry? Well, and I would tell you, I would tell you, wonder about that. Ask that question. And come to a place where you can say, one way or the other, yes, God has called me to do ministry. No matter what else I'm doing, no matter what other job I may have, position I may hold, income I may derive from whatever, God has called me into ministry. And no matter what else I'm doing, or if I'm doing nothing else, God wants me to shepherd and to teach, and to love, and to care for his people? That's a great question to ask yourself. They used to say years ago that sometimes the call is the only thing you can hang on to when when situations just get so dire. And man, that's true. That's true. I thought I was going to be out of local church ministry about five years ago, and I had applied to a spiritual director position at an organization. I thought, well, this would be great. I can still be involved in ministry, still be uh, discipling and leading and caring for people. It just won't be in a local church context. And after about 30 years, it was like, oh, I get a little bit of a break. But that's not what God had for me. And just several months into my next local church ministry, I was so happy. Oh, I thought, oh man, if I'd have gotten that other position, Oh, I'd be dying on the vine. That was not. That's not something that would have been good for me at all. So, thirty-five years in ministry, did God? God called me. Did God call you? Did God call you? Because the truth is, when when we're flying blind, we're only flying by instruments, and it's by our faith. We can't see. 
but we believe. We believe, God, you called me. God, you're going to get me through this. So just a couple things, a couple random thoughts. Just as a, as a pastor to a pastor, can I, can I just share a couple random thoughts? The first one is that, well, we may not have a clue sometimes what's going to hit us and, and how to navigate this world filled with social media and all kinds of tech, technological means of getting to our people and it's all this other stuff. People, real people. When you show up at your Bible study or your time of worship or at the coffee shop or wherever it is that you show up, and especially when you show up to shepherd your people, one by one, they have names. I, Before I go to somebody, I might have to ask somebody else, hey, what, just, just remind me of that person's first name. I've known them for three years. I just can't come up with their first name. They have names, they have desires, they have goals, they have dreams, they have things that excite them, they have burdens. Just just ministering to people is so important. It's so important. This morning, a young man came up to me. He's 15. This young man has had a tough life. I, I would share details, but but I'm not going to. He's had a tough life. He's only 15. I intentionally look for him on a Sunday morning. Just even a fist bump, a hand on the shoulder. This morning I said, hey, I said, hey, pal, me and my dad used to do this Indian wrestling thing. Hey, hey step back here. Let, let's do this. Let's see if you can beat me in this. And we just had fun for just probably three minutes. And I'm making connections with this kid. I'm trying to build faith in him. I'm trying to build um, self-esteem in him. If, there's, if, if nobody else cares about him, and there's plenty that do, but he's just had some struggles, he will know my pastor, Jeff, cares about me. Jeff cares about me. And now he's, now he's to the point where he's looking for me on a Sunday morning. I was thinking yesterday of an old lady uh, her name is Rosie, and I hadn't—I just hadn't talked to her in probably a couple months, maybe, other than maybe just to wave or hi, Rosie, as she walked by. And as I was uh, doing some stuff on Saturday afternoon, I thought tomorrow I'm gonna—I'm gonna have an intentional conversation with Rosie. And on my way to Rosie, there was another couple that they just are they just skirt around the edges of my attention and my interaction they never come to me they, ne- they never have any problems they they're but they're always there and so i went back and i i leaned against a chair and before the service started i had a conversation with both of them and i learned some things about them and then i went over and i talked with rosie i said rosie i was thinking about you yesterday i wanted to make sure that i talked to you how you know how have you been doing she says, well, I haven't been here for two weeks. I haven't been feeling well. You know, this time with these people, man, that's what Jesus did. Jesus went one by one. You know, Jesus was a different day, different time, right? He didn't, couldn't get on the tram or the trolley or the, or the uh, subway. He couldn't get in his car in a bus or a plane. But who we have to connect with people. I just want to point you just to, to real people. 
And you know, I don't, I don't have to tell you this. I want to remind you that doing this is the most important thing in ministry. It's more important than all these other things that we think we're all high and mighty and we got to get done. The most important thing is on the way to the things we're doing, stop and talk to people and connect with people and care for people. And another thought that goes along with this is just make a difference in someone's life. Make a difference in their life. Like I said, touch them. Talk with them. It doesn't take much to make a difference in someone's life. I'm, I'm always shocked at the people that come up to me and say, hey, thanks for such and such. Oh, I, I, I guess I remember doing it. And I, I think that maybe I'm conjuring up an, an, a memory that I don't even have. I've just completely forgotten about it. But people remember. They remember what you say for good and bad. They remember the things you say. Sometimes people come up and say, you know, you said this to me. This really bothered me for quite a while. And I'm like, wow, I would never have meant to say that to you because I've never believed that. There was a misunderstanding. Can we can we work that out? Once in a while that happens. But but more often people just say, hey, you know, you you made a difference. You encouraged me, encouraged me. And it was never any big deal of a thing. So let's... Let's stop to smell the roses, right? Let's stop to make a difference. And, and along with that, here's another thought, is that today matters. You, John Maxwell put together a, a teaching years ago, and he wrote a book called Today Matters. And his point was it's never yesterday. Yesterday is past, and it's never tomorrow because tomorrow is yet ahead, but, but it's always today. In fact, it's always right now. We'll never do it later. We got to do it now because it's whenever we're doing it, it's always right now. And we may think about our legacy. We may think about you know five year plans, blah blah blah. What matters is what you do today because you might not have tomorrow. Of course, we've all probably many of you listening. I certainly have have people in our churches that where they're not here anymore. Over the last two years, um, something happened. They got sick. Something happened. They got COVID. They had a heart attack. They were in an accident. They got cancer. Or they just dropped. Or they moved. Today matters. So for me, talking to Rosie, that mattered to me today. Tomorrow is going to matter. Because when we're gone and the next pastor's in our spot, we're going to be forgotten. We will be. Yeah, there'll be some people that will remember. But, you know, people will say, you know, who was that pastor between John and Frank? There was a pastor between Pastor John and Pastor Frank. I can't remember his name, but he was kind of a nice guy. But, in fact, I don't really remember much about him. But the people that will remember and what will matter is the difference you made in somebody's life, the difference you made in their life. And you can only ever do that today. So today matters with people. The grist and the intimacy of local church ministry. I mean, this is what we live for, right? I was standing in the back of the auditorium this morning, and on the back wall of our auditorium, there is a projector that puts the words up for the worship team up on the platform. There was this little girl, she's probably probably six years old, maybe six or seven, because she was reading. She was sitting in the back row next to her mom and her sister. And she was turned, and I was in the back of the auditorium. 
I was standing in the back where, where I often do until it's time for me to preach. And I, I just kind of look at the people. And I try to I try to get a sense of where they're at and the mood of the room and the needs of the people before I go up on the platform. And I look at this little girl. We're singing and I'm singing. This little girl is turned around and she's actually facing me. But she's looking over my head. And she's standing there with her hands clasped in front of her, kind of kind of rocking back and forth. And she's singing the song, and she's looking up at the screen, and she's singing the words. And all of a sudden, I was transported into this little six-year-old's life, thinking these words, and all of a sudden, the words that we were singing, I became hypersensitive to them. And I, and I was thinking, okay, what are these words doing in this little six-year-old girl's mind? Oh, this is beautiful. These words about Jesus, these words about the Spirit, these words about love, these words about hope, she's singing these words. This is the song that she will remember when she gets older. This is the song that they sang at my church when I was six. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, man, this this moment, this just this short moment that I'm having with this little girl who doesn't even know I'm looking at her. She just continues to look up at the back wall and I think she's probably a little mesmerized too that the words are actually behind her. And she's just saying, but she's singing every single word. You guys, pastors, men and women, that's what we live for. That's what we live for, to connect people to God. Now, here's my last thought, and then I'll, then I'll leave you alone. My last thought is this. The best thing I've ever done the best thing I've ever done as a leader in my church is to regularly meet and have conversations and meetings and meals with my key leaders one-on-one. So right now I have eight elders. And then I think I have about four or five other uh, guys that are former elders or, or leaders of uh, a ministry in our church that I also meet with. So there's about 12 or 13 guys that I will meet with every other month, one-on-one, for at least an hour. And that time that we're regularly connecting, I mean, every other month I'm sitting down with each board member, with each elder, with these other uh, people who are leading and investing and influencing in our church. And we're having personal conversations and also ministry conversations. It, it runs the gamut. It goes back and forth. How are you doing? Uh, what's going on in your life? How's your family doing? Uh, what are you seeing as an elder? What am I missing as a pastor? What's the temperature of the church right now? Who needs to be cared for? How's your job going? How's your spiritual life going? I, I meet with with all of these leaders, it's the best thing I've ever done in any of my ministries is to do this because it keeps me current with my key leaders. And they never have to, they never have to hear something from somebody and wonder, huh, what is Jeff's heart on that? They pretty much know my heart on pretty much everything. They, they know my motives. They know my heart. They can, they can tell themselves, okay, that sounds off, or, oh, this is something that Jeff needs to know. But they can almost always just answer people 
as fellow leaders in our church. It's been so helpful. So I want to encourage you, if you don't do that, man, figure out a way and get a little legalistic about it. Whatever approach you take, maybe you do it four times a year. I do it six times a year, every other month. And man, those those two-month stretches, man, they fly by. All of a sudden, I'm sitting down with this person again at the Mexican restaurant. I'm sitting down with this person again at the breakfast shop. I'm sitting down with this person again in my office. I'm sitting down with this person again at their home. Just building into them, but really building that, that relationship of trust so that when the tough conversation comes in the elder meeting or in the ministry team meeting or in the staff meeting, when the tough conversation comes, I'm current with everybody. They know my heart. They know me. They, they understand my perspective. And as time goes by, that only gets deeper and stronger and better. So those are some thoughts that I had for you. Real people, real people, making a difference in real people's lives today because today matters most because tomorrow may not show up. And by the way, it's never tomorrow and it's never yesterday. It's only today. And spending time with key leaders. And what we talked about earlier, has God called you into ministry? If he has, renew that call with him. Say, God, here I am. Send me. Send me out of my house tomorrow. Holy Spirit, give me divine appointments and divine conversations and use me. Pastor, man, my heart goes out to you. We, and I'm not one who's, oh, pity poor us. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that because everybody struggles. Everybody suffers with stuff. Some, many people a lot worse than any of us do. But, but it has been very difficult and it has been discouraging. And I feel for you. I really do. I just want to encourage you Whatever we do for Jesus in the lives of people, man, don't lose heart. What does it say at the end of 1 Corinthians 15? Uh, It says something like, don't give up. Off the top of my head, I can't remember it. Uh, Your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. Your labor really isn't in vain. Not to the little girl. Not to the old lady. Not to the teenage boy. Not to the struggling husband. Not to the lonely stay-at-home mom who doesn't get out in the work uh, in the work world. Not to the working mom. It's important. It's important that we reach out and we touch people. So I hope that you do that this week, and I look forward to coming back and uh, sharing another episode with you. Hopefully with my friend Johnny. If you've not met Johnny, uh, he's a live wire, and I love him, and he's a lot of fun. He's also got wisdom beyond his years. So thank you for joining me today, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Coaching for Pastors podcast.